This is Space Waffles, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome to the Book of Bonnick finale. We have an absolutely stacked panel here today, and we are very excited to talk about episode six from The Desert Comes a Stranger and episode seven in the name of honor. I'm Arzu, and with me are Candace. Hello. Norhal. Hello there. Maggie. Hello. Jess. Hello. Ren. Hi. And Hannah. Hello. All right. I know there are a lot of us, but we all get along. We were talking before we started recording, so I feel like it's going to be a lot of fun. So before we dive into episode six and seven specifically, thoughts on the final portion of the season? Do you think it stuck the landing is where I'm going to start? Bit of a loaded question, but... Uh for me, I think it more or less stuck the landing. I think kind of around episode four, I kind of got a feeling for where things were going to go and like kind of readjusted my expectations. And then my readjusted expectations basically got met as as far as I assumed they were going to in the finale. And I was just really struck by how much closer like closure we actually ended up getting uh, for a lot of like loose plot and then the fact that they didn't open a lot of new doors to explore. So I thought it was kind of a confounding way to uh, end a Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I'm with Maggie. I actually kind of just came into the whole show with really zero expectations outside of what they had already shown us. And I was, I was a lot more open than I usually am <clears throat> to Star Wars shows and movies about like kind of theories and where I thought things were going to go. And I think it was oh god which one's the return of the mandalorian that episode was where i'm like this took a really big turn i was not expecting and then it kind of just got a little bit more wild and zany from there that only robert rodriguez can do but i agree with maggie i was pretty happy with the ending i was like happy ending sorry (laughs) (laughs) two minutes in hannah If it happens again, it will be uh, when I finally learn how to bleep things out. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Hannah, you were saying. Anyways, I was just really happy there was a pseudo happy ending in a Star Wars. Like in this economy? What? Exactly. So I was I was pleasantly surprised. And I'm like, if they all show up, if the mods of Boba Fennec show up in other shows that are coming out, I will be pleasantly happy and surprised with it. But I'm hoping personally they get another season for themselves. So, what was interesting is like all the promotion for Disney Plus and everything kept saying the season finale. So I I got my you know I'm cautiously optimistic. Mm-hmm. Once I started viewing it as less of like a linear story and more of puzzle pieces kind of all floating in together to create this overall view, then I was really satisfied with where we landed at at the end because I really felt like the last two pieces kind of pulled all of all of the other things together. And that's kind of how I set it up in my mind of of a, a three-dimensional story kind of floating together to create one big piece versus a linear start to finish story. Mm. Yeah, I'm kind of I kind of agree. I think overall I I had the argument sort of that I feel like the Mando stuff was necessary to bring into this show because 
I feel like if it was part of the beginning of season three of Mandalorian, people would complain that it's the same as the Boba Fett opening, which is like, you can't please everybody. And so it's like, would you rather have it now and get it out of the way? And then season three, just like you just dive in (laughs) or would you rather them repeat sort of the same story beats as Boba Fett did Um, in terms of like the last two episodes? Um, I there was some things I liked in the last one. Overall, I didn't like it. Um, I guess we'll get to that later. Um, and episode six was was great to me, but yeah. Okay, cool. So let's let's dive into episode six then. So episode six fits in very neatly with episode five. It kind of continues Din's journey of him going to visit his little friend Grogu. Um, we get a lot of. A lot of questions, I guess, about what it means to to be a Mandalorian, what it means to train to be a Jedi in this new in this new world. So, I guess let's start. Let's start with Din because Din is has a slightly shorter portion of the story. So, yeah. Din goes to wherever Luke's building his his Jedi Academy. Uh, we see the first building of the temple going up. And he's got the little gift that he got from the armor that he still believes is Grogu's right as a Mandalorian, which I thought was an extremely like interesting look at his faith because he's been called an apostate. He's been kicked out of the, of the covert, but that doesn't seem to phase him as much as I expected it would. And I wondered if, if, y'all had maybe expected a bigger crisis of faith or if this kind of seems in line with, with what we know of Din for you. I always, Oh, just like a really quick thing is I always saw that the second that Din took off his helmet in the second season of the Mandalorian, he became a father first and a Mandalorian second. So all his actions are always like father, parent first after that moment. Mm -hmm. So that's why he's like, he's a foundling this is his right because he's his child. And also I just like, not just because of the Mandalorian creed, but because it's something that could keep him safe. Cause we know Beskar can protect against lightsabers. And if he's expecting, you know, Grogu to do some Jedi stuff might, you know, have some lightsaber accidents happening. Mm-hmm. Some protection. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I wasn't necessarily surprised that Den's still very much ascribing to being a Mandalorian because we got that scene right after he left uh, the new the new covert uh, where he tells the uh, TSA agent that he's a Mandalorian and that's his reli- religion uh, and it just it, it really tracks for anybody who has that like religious trauma that even like when you feel like you're you're losing it you're still clinging to it so I think we're still just at the beginning mm-hmm. of him trying to figure out who he is as a Mandalorian and I'm hoping obviously that's going to be covered in the Mandalorian and not in the book of Boba Fett so I'm glad that it didn't it didn't overshadow what did end up, you know, having some satisfying closure for Boba and Fennec's characters. I feel like that kind of deeper dive into to, to Mando's psyche uh, would not have fit very well into this series. Uh, yeah. So I'm glad they went kind of surface level with it. Yeah, I'm with Maggie on that one. I think he's kind of living still in that kind of stage of disillusionment where it's like, well, maybe maybe they'll still take me back. Maybe I can find another way to yeah. quote unquote atone for his sin, which was not wrong in any capacity. Because like Candace said, he he decided to become a father before becoming a Mandalorian. Um, 
but yeah, I just, I found that really interesting. And I think, I think it's something we've seen from Din over the course of just the two seasons of the Mandalorian we've gotten. And even the episode that he's very good at compartmentalizing. Like he's able, even to a certain degree, he's good at it. I'll say that just because you kind of have to do that for your job. Like initially, cause he lived on his own for such a long time and just mm-hmm. made things so impersonal. And even though Grogu kind of flipped everything on its head, I think he, there's still just that part of him that's still wants to be a part of something, even whether it's with Grogu or with the Mandalorians as a whole, I think he's like Maggie said, I think we're going to see a deeper struggle with that when he doesn't really have that to fall back on anymore. Especially since he did ask how to atone and he he accepted what the armorer told him. And, you know, I mean, he obviously had some concerns about the state of Mandalore and and following through. But I mean, I think that's I think that's where we'll probably end up in season three is finding the way that he can balance all of those things, the caregiver, the protector, the Mandalorian and and the partner to these these new people that he's partnered with. Um, and I think he'll find a way to, to balance that. And this was kind of the start of, start of that journey. All right. So, okay. So there is, I guess there's, there is more to, there is more to say about Din when we get to the tattooing side of things. But while we're on, on this subject of what it means to be Mandalorian in Grogu's case, Jedi, I lost my train. Arzu. Yeah. Um, during the Din scene. Mm-hmm. We get a surprise Ahsoka. Yes. Which yeah. they have an interesting conversation about no. attachment. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. About because... how, mm-hmm. how it would be harder for Grogu or harder for Den if they saw each other after all this time and stuff like that. And yeah. Okay. I have mixed feelings. Uh, I have yeah. Ahsoka is my girl. She's like one of my favorite characters ever. But it was so odd. She just like popped up there, and I'm like, "What are you Out of doing the here? Why are you here? I need more information." I, I don't know. I don't like this Ahsoka Tano. I've said that from the beginning. I don't. Mm. She doesn't feel like Ahsoka Tano to me. She is a lady saying words that Dave Filoni thinks sound like Ahsoka Tano, but they don't. Dave Filoni somehow. I'm sorry, I just got like really angry. Dave because I said Dave Filoni. <laughs> you said Dave Filoni, and I was like, <laughs> like "Don't appear." I unmuted myself, and I was like, "It's time for me to say this." Uh, <laughs> I think the thing, like, aside from the whole like Rosario Dawson situation, the thing that drives me crazy with the way that Ahsoka is presented is that she feels like a like the complete opposite of the Ahsoka that we have seen in not only the end of the Clone Wars, but also in Rebels. Like, the Ahsoka that we've seen and the Ahsoka that Dave Filoni created and wrote with a team of writers for years would have had a lot more to say about attachment than what she did for, Mm -hmm. like, the cheeky, like, tongue-in-cheek, ooh, I have a series coming up, maybe we'll see CGI uh, deepfake Luke in the future. (laughs) It just felt so disingenuous for who Ahsoka is. Like this, this, this woman walked away from the Jedi. Like yeah. she knows what yeah. happened to Anakin. You. Why would she? Why? Yeah. Also, like, like obviously, I will say it can... again. The only reason, okay, Ahsoka is 
former Jedi. She's not a master or anything like that. The only reason she survived Order 66 in the middle of a bunch of clones was because of her attachment to Rex. I will say that. Their attachment to Rex. Oh, people in the back. They love each other. Their love for each other is what saved them during Order 66 and like oh, what right. the other masters could not get through is because they didn't have the same connection to the to their clones in their mm-hmm. army. Yeah. So yeah, it's shocking that this woman is like at this point. But I'm wondering. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt again. I do Don't that do a that. lot. I can't with this. I can't, I can't give them the benefit of the doubt with this. I'm wondering. I want to know what happened yeah. to her between world between worlds after Ezra grabs her, and now nothing happened. He doesn't know what he's saying anymore. <laughs> but, but also, yeah. Well, I'm like, like I'm also with like, Candace there. Long, he doesn't I'm, know I'm what gonna, he's writing for I'm her. I'm interested it's like, to, to hear what happened because. At the beginning, I thought that this Ahsoka was after that. I mean, the the Mandalorian season two was after the epilogue of Rebels, but no, it wasn't. It was. It is before because she's still looking for for Ezra. I assume. So yeah, yeah I would like to like. I, thought, Candace, I have that that doubt. What happened? I thought the epilogue of Rebels. Like, I figured Sabine was just somewhere else looking for yeah. Thrawn information. That's what and, I assumed as well. Yeah. So, well, we don't know. We honestly yeah, we'll don't see know. What, what Dave comes up with. But also, like, the thing that also got me, like, obviously she thinks about Anakin and, like, the the happy days. But I, I find it hard to believe that she would be like, oh, you're so much like your father. Like, is that a good thing? Do you <laughs> do you want somebody who has, like, weird ideas about attachment because a little green guy on Dagobah gave him, like, the, the bullet points for becoming a Jedi? Like, I just, <laughs> everything about that scene just felt so trite and so, like, obviously setting up, like, the next sequel, the next spinoff. And I hated it. I hated it so, so. much the thing like everything in this episode that didn't involve ahsoka even the luke stuff which y'all know i'm not the hugest fan of i see why it's there i like totally understand why it happened for grogu's journey for din's journey all of it ahsoka is there to remind us to renew disney plus through to to 2023 (laughs) so that we can see the end of this like yes that's what frustrated me because i'm like this is such a good thematic moment it could be like din coming to this realization he and luke could have had that conversation while Mm -hmm. grogu is doing some meditative thing like she didn't need to do that except for people to screen cap it and be like i've been waiting for this like okay archive of our own that was me you'll find it you know what i mean that's my issue (laughs) is i want to know so much like how does she find luke how did they talk to each other, introduce themselves? Like, hi, I'm your auntie Ahsoka. Um, this is like, I try to murder me a few times. I, I, yeah. I can't remember. I've been on so many podcasts this week, but I can't remember who it was that was like, I wonder, it's somebody Somebody asked, like, I wonder how she knew that Luke was uh, like Anakin's kid. And everyone was like, probably his last name. Like, I <laughs> Man as subtle as a sledgehammer. That is the like, true Skywalker legacy. Right there. Just, desert it makes me wonder if she's just like chilling Skywalker. somewhere and like reading the hollow news to see what was going on with like the victory. And then she's like, Luke Skywalker. What? Oh no. Just sits up straight <laughs> at night going to Skywalker just did something dumb. <laughs> I can just imagine like Rex telling her like everything. He's like, okay, oh, this is what the kid did. Yeah. This is what I've heard. I haven't met him. I can't meet him. I can't do it again. <laughs> 
But yeah, there's so much of that because like, I don't know about y'all, but like I've been waiting for Ahsoka to either meet Luke or Leia, like Mm -hmm. in a book, official canon, because yeah, Mm -hmm. I've read plenty of fic. Yeah. And yeah, I was like, oh my God, we got this, but (sighs) I I needed more. But it was like Maggie said, like something that didn't feel like trite or just one-offed. Yeah. I don't know. Even her even her departure was so wink wink nod nod. It was like, so you'll very see me in the future and another episode of my own series. <laughs> my friend Krista texts me and she's like, "Is Luke flirting with her?" <laughs> and I was like, "I did not. I think don't that. think so." There's like a thirty year age gap. I'm pretty sure if my math is right. <laughs> there were a lot of people, myself included, that was like interesting. <laughs> it's seventeen years, Hannah. Eighteen it- years. Remember? Are you sure. Yeah, because she's eighteen when the twins are born. I think that's another issue with like just the way that Ahsoka's portrayed. She seems not dissimilar in age to the robot Luke Skywalker. Like, (laughs) okay, can we talk about? He looked better. Yeah, he looks so much. He looks. He looks better. Yeah, better. VFX people are clap clap clap. Yeah, freaking amazing. All because they hired that deep fake guy. Yep. That's last 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 thing I want to say about Ahsoka and Luke, and then we can move on to just Luke. I am glad we don't see them meeting like for the first time, purely because no matter what they do, it's not going to be what you wanted. It's not going to meet anybody's expectations. So I'm like, yes, what you can like imagine whatever it is, and then pick up with their dynamic a little bit later. That's like, especially if they met in this, that would have sucked all the energy out of everything else. That would have been what dominated the episode. That's mm-hmm. just like that's just for me. I, thought of that as you were saying it but anyway anybody else nothing luke skywalker <laughs> bad at luke his job skywalker oh my gosh like i had this conversation with rz like we were texting and i'm like why are people mad that luke is bad at his job because that's what the freaking last jedi is about we all know that everyone didn't like the last jedi and therefore they erased it from their memories no so it's them, the people it who like like the last jedi oh weird they're like, weird. They're like yeah, they no fans I and like ours, you had to sit down and like explain it to me because I'm like I'm yes. not understanding this. No, so I was trying to. Explain, they're not mad at the writing showing Luke bad at his job. They are mad at the. They are mad on behalf of Ben Solo and all his other students that Luke was uh... bad at his job for uh... them. It's like they are mad he was a bad teacher because the kids deserved a better teacher. Mm. Not that they think the writing's inconsistent. Like they know the writing's consistent. They're just mad at him. Okay, I was like, yeah, because I just, I just saw a lot of angry tweets, and I was like, y'all have seen the sequels, right? They like this the is, sequels. This is not going to end well for him. So and he's making people, some mistakes. People who are mad about Luke being bad at his job, who didn't like the Last Jedi, are mad because this doesn't retcon the Last Jedi like they thought that Mando season two did. That's why they're mad. Well, how do you even watch the OT? and think that Luke is going to be an authority on the Jedi Order. I mean, maybe I'm, like, beating a hornet's nest there, but he doesn't exactly get anything more than a crash course and then some emotional trauma with his father (laughs) to then carry forward to train a whole new generation of Jedi. It's like he my, watched like an hour masterclass and was like, I'm good. Yeah, exactly. My favorite, I'm a my, favorite, um, my favorite joke about that is 
oddly from Family Guys when they're like, when he's like, you don't believe in the 4C, and he's like, you mean that thing you just learned about an hour ago? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, exactly. I think of that joke every single it's time. It's so I watch funny. <laughs> the one funny thing Family Guy has done. Right. The okay. Star Wars ones are oddly like yeah. entertaining, and that joke in that one just gets me every time because I'm like, yeah, he's so smug about it, and then he's like, yeah, but you just learned about it like literally an hour ago. Mm-hmm. But I watched you learn about Luke. it. <laughs> yeah, like Hans, like I know as much as you do about this. Arguably, <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. Oh dear, Luke Skywalker. I like the ant droids. <laughs> yes. Oh, the ant droids were cool. And they that built in a bench. Good. I was so they happy. Built a bench. <laughs> okay, as someone who was a huge Luke Skywalker fan when they were nine, and we were highly disappointed when they realized he was fictional and I couldn't marry him, I would like to say he's doing his best for how he was prepared, but he was not given the tools or like anything. Like, the tools, the talent, and the training, and he has like two of the three, if that. Yeah. I feel like his intentions are good, but that just doesn't totally. mean much. Yeah. <sighs> the yeah. thing is, yeah, I think he means well, but I think he is trying to restart and prop up a system he has zero understanding of. Mm-hmm. He's trying to emulate what Yoda and Obi Wan talked about when, if you look at history, Luke Skywalker, you see that the Jedi Order fell. And maybe you should look at the reasons why it fell before you try to do the same thing again. <laughs> but but honestly, Yoda but- bent and Obi-Wan should have freaking told them about that. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. they didn't tell him any of that. Nope, They're like, Vader him. caused problems. That's the only that problem was it. we had. Not we caused the problem that caused Vader to have the problem. And no, no, it's just Vader's Yoda, problem. once again, was around for 900 years. We see him in the High Republic. He knows what went wrong. He witnessed it all. Yes. And he's just, I don't know what he told Luke. We didn't see everything in Dagobah, but like, mm. it's not Luke enough Passing on the tradition of emotional trauma at children by having them get shot at. Just like, great. Here, Grogu, go. Here, Grogu. <laughs> do you want, like, let's go get those un- those repressed memories out. Out of you. Oh my god. Oh. Un- unprompted. Unprompted. Um, he just yeah. did it. And I was like, um, the that's five, a child. The <laughs> one my my theory <laughs> is Grogu oh was like, wait, Anakin Skywalker or Luke Skywalker? Yeah. Peace. You know, out of your mouth. Pick me up, Dad. I'm scared. He actually yeah. was piloting the X Wing and like R2 like, was just like sleeping in there or something. <laughs> And he's like, I got to go. I'm going to find my Auntie Pelly. She'll find him. (laughs) I said, hell no. Hannah, I know you were having some feelings about seeing clones in live action. I had many. I had many feelings about this. (laughs) It was for 30 seconds. I'm just so happy to see them again. But no, we're continuing the annual tradition of Order 66, just like stomping my heart and just like crushing it. I am loving how this series in particular blended like the prequels with the OG. Mm-hmm. And even a little and bit of the sequel. sequel with the yeah. Building, I, yeah, that's one thing I think this show did really. Building all three. Yeah, yes. it's just kind of like making it feel more connected as opposed to like these opposite things of like, here's the prequels. You get most of the original trilogy. 
I don't know if the sequels even exist over here, but we're going to try. But I think, at least for me, I thought they did at least a better job of it, especially with the prequel trilogy coming around. Mm-hmm. Was that Jedi in in the memory? And I don't know if I asked this to someone on Twitter specifically, but was that someone in particular? Because like you just see the back of the back of him, and then like I, they kind of made him look important. But I was like, I don't know who that is, so I wasn't uh, sure if that was. Uh, I haven't seen anything on it. Oh, okay, outside no, of speculation. No. Okay, I don't know, but me neither. Yeah. I've seen speculation, but nothing. Confirmed. What's okay. the speculation? Um, I think one of them is Barris. Yeah, I was gonna say I've seen the stuff about Barris because of the marking on the door, mm-hmm. uh, okay. but beyond that. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest thing. Okay. Okay. So, if we have nothing to add here, that is a perfect segue into the rest of the episode, which is we are tying all the movie eras together in this show. We are also tying the books and the TV shows. Yes. Starting with the books, Cobb Vanth is back this week. Oh, yes. <laughs> the marshal is marshaling without his armor and doing his best to stop the drug trade running through his town in possibly the most naively upstanding way I've ever seen in my life, because I don't know why you would let a witness leave and tell everybody that you're halting the drug trade, but Cobb Vance is a good man. This is a bit waffles after dark, but I thought his badge placement made me giggle. Cause he's pointing (laughs) down below his belt and he's like, I'm the sheriff around here. And I was like, yes, you are. Oh yes. (laughs) Oh, man. It's that um, Mandalorian armor. It, like, sucks all your brain cells away from you. The best car. You just forget, like, how to do this thing called self-preservation like a normal human. And he just, yeah. like, kicks the, the drugs out. The drugs out, like... yeah. For a I second, thought... I thought he was going to take them. And I was like, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> but then he, like, kicked like, it over. And I was like, good, 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 the, good job. <laughs> the womp rats are just, like, high on spice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the banthas are rampaging around Tatooine. <laughs> <laughs> they're, yeah, they're just raging. Yeah, so, the Banthas just start speaking basic because the spice has fueled enough that they can just talk Absolutely. now. <laughs> they limitless. The oh Banthas, yes. Okay. So we don't see a ton of him in the beginning, but what was it like knowing Cobb Banth was back and involved? Did y'all expect him to show up? Given that we knew that the primary setting of the show was Tatooine. Oh yeah, I I, I thought he was going to show up. So- Sooner than this, same. Yeah, um, I thought we but, were gonna get a flashback yeah. of like yeah. Boba being like, right. "I see him, I see yeah, him." Yeah, I totally, I, I totally you. expected that. Uh, and then as soon as Manda was like, "Oh, I have friends I can visit and ask them to help," I was like, "Yes, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> so excited to see that tasty morsel of a man. One thing I was really disappointed about that omit is like I had hoped that we were gonna see the Tuscans that Din and Cobb work with. Because mm-hmm. I thought it would be kind of like poetic for Boba at the end to work with a different tribe of Tuscans. Mm. I agree. And maybe some of the people who survived the raid were there. And then he still had like that. Maybe. But like, you know. Um, maybe that's season two. Yeah. yeah. Cross fingers. There we go. Candace just came up with fodder for season two. Yeah, I awesome. do like that though. So, all right. So we see him a bit at the beginning. Then we have Din's little adventure. Then we get ten seconds of Fennec and Boba, where Boba goes back to his OT roots, stands there, looks sexy, says nothing. 
And <laughs> then we jump back to Mos Pelgo, a.k.a. Freetown, where Din has arrived to ask Cobb for his help. They're flirting, you, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Cub Band is that is that prequels fanboy because is that a Naboo's Starfighter? It really yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he had like part of a pod racer too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a big Phantom Menace fan. He really exactly. is. But if you think about rural areas being about ten or twenty years behind the, the big yeah. metro areas, it makes sense that mm-hmm. uh that tech is going to be popular there because they're getting kind of the cast-offs and things like right. that. The comment that he made about the smile made me laugh because it just oh cuts to God. Din just sitting there <laughs> with the helmet on and you're like, are you smiling right there? Because you just... <laughs> you're sitting <laughs> on your face just, He's just sitting there with the helmet just like looking at him and I'm like, okay. <laughs> Like no comment, <laughs> nothing, just like a stare, and it's just like <laughs> such a himbo. He is such uh, a himbo, yeah. Uh, he is. <laughs> I love him though. So good. I know, I love it. So um, I knew I kind of figured that as we were rounding up the gang that someone was going to get got. I just didn't know who. <laughs> and so uh, when it ended up being him, I was like, well, that sucks. <laughs> of all the people. Of all the people. I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, but I mean, it in, in relation to who, knowing, I guess I'm jumping ahead, but in relation to us knowing who Cad Bane is, it makes sense that it's someone that's like sort of like not as skilled. But it was also just like, um, he just got here. <laughs> I'd like for him to stay a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I thought the deputy was was gone. Like when yeah. the camera focused, on, yeah, this, this guy yeah, gone. he's a little too jumpy. He's not going to survive the western shoot. Yeah, yeah. No. no, no, he looks really tired. Like he's been going through it. But I was like, oh, cool. Like look to see him in the final battle but in my head i was like i think i think it's this guy because who else could it be someone's gotta go like they're setting (laughs) it up they're setting it up (laughs) well someone also if we think about it makes it clear to the audience who isn't an animate who hasn't watched the animated series understand what a big deal cad bane is yeah yeah so this establishes his scariness mm-hmm. other than his freaking face oh my gosh right. and the Which, voice oh listen i kept sitting further away from my tv anytime it panned up to his face because i'm just like he's so unsettling in live action and i guess that's the idea but yeah, yeah. um maggie is there anything you would like to add about the cad bane face am i supposed to have something to add <laughs> was it not you who was like yes that was me oh. I know, I was about it. <laughs> Who is thirsting over Cad Bane? Reveal yourselves. <laughs> the record shows the panel has their hands up. Oh my god. <laughs> it's the boots, right? And the hat. It's it was, the accent. It was, like, he's it's scared the voice. It's, it's the voice and the hat. Yeah, it's, it's the, the voice. voice. It's Cad the voice. Bane and the, it, to the scene go, oh my goodness. And like the, the silhouette, and just like, I, I just love it a tall lanky dude and i'm just like okay well at first honestly because i had forgotten what like he looks like because i had it's been a minute since i saw clone wars so but when i saw this the silhouette coming 
I was laying in bed watching it, and I literally was like, no way. Like, I was squinting <laughs> with my cat. My cat was laying in front of me, and I was like, no. And then I, like, sat up, and I was like, and I started screaming, and I was like, oh, my God. And then as soon as I, pan, like, showed up close, I was like, oh, no, he's hot. <laughs> so that was me. <laughs> So I, Mark, I meant Mark I at least fifty percent of this panel down is scared and horny. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I I squealed when I saw him. I was like, a, yeah. I fangirled hard. So oh, yeah. so hard. Yep. Yeah. And honestly, yes. he fits into the story, in my opinion, at least. Oh like, yeah. Absolutely. He makes mm-hmm. sense, and there is that un um aired or unfinished episode of Clone Wars with him and Boba, and it's nice to have like oh. Yes. Yeah. yeah that. They face, so he got the metal plate. Mm-hmm. That he, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, Ren, it's like an unfinished animatic mm-hmm. scene, like very crude. Well, the whole CGI. episode was written and everything. It was yeah. right yeah. when Disney bought. It was shown mm-hmm. at Star Wars Celebration, and there's like some variations of it on YouTube. But even then, I don't think the full episodes are easily available outside of a few people's like camera recordings. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like it's it's rough and i i do like i was going to bring this up when we got to the finale like i thought it was interesting how they choose to like heavily reference something that only a very small yeah. portion mm-hmm. of the population has ever I was seen bring that up too. Or ever seen like yeah. that that uh, i'm always i always try to approach stories like with accessibility in mind like will the casual fan be able to understand this? And that was like a really egregious moment for Star Wars where I was like, that that just really feels like you're just catering to your own interests and not so much your audience's interests. But do people really need to know? Like, Yeah, I had to explain well, it to everyone. Well, their whole everyone. conversation made no yeah. sense to me. Okay. To me, because yeah. I don't, I didn't, like, I didn't know there was an episode that didn't air. So like, I'm going to, I'll guess, this is, this is one of the things I didn't like is that to me, not knowing that, I was like, how did he get bested by Boba. I don't know anything about their relationship. I don't know much about Boba Fett other than what I've mm-hmm. seen in this show and like some of the animated stuff. But because we didn't get a lot of him in, in his own show, I found it very hard to believe that he got taken out by 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 Boba. I just I couldn't. I was like, that's stupid. <laughs> like, no, that's you're so you're completely dumb. right, Ren. Yeah, yeah. Like, and like the conversation. That yeah, it that made no sense no to me. I was like, what are you yeah. talking about? Like it. it yeah, it didn't if they were gonna go that route, I would have much rather have them taken out one Mando episode and put it in an episode where yes. it has a flashback yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, then I would they... understand. Yeah, yes, at like, least I would have understood some, it. <laughs> some flashback of that backstory they had because like we've said, uh not everyone is familiar with the Clone Wars. Not everyone is familiar with the animated series. So this uh, this way you set a precedent. Even if yeah. you bring a young Boba Fett facing Cat Bane mm-hmm. and bring this unfinished episode, you could give in the same season, you give up our backstory, oh, this guy and Boba have unfinished business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Mm-hmm. because for example, we saw in the Bad Batch, Cat Bane had business with Fennec Shan, but that wasn't even acknowledged in the well, no, we're right. gonna talk about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. It wasn't even acknowledged, and for the casual viewers who are not familiar with the Bad Batch, they were not aware right. of it. Yeah. Can, can I jump ahead to the second episode just to talk about this so I don't forget about it? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Okay, because uh, I feel like I'm a broken record because I keep bringing this up everywhere, uh, but we're all writers here, so we all understand, like, 
sometimes your characters will want to talk about a thing and you will ignore them and then like down the line you'll realize oh I should have let them talk about this thing because like now there's like a, a glaring hole in my story and there was a moment that I saw where it felt like Din and Bobo were supposed to have a conversation about Cad Bane. There's mm -hmm. an absolute yeah. target drawn around this moment. And it's when they're in the sanctuary. It's after Boba's had his initial standoff with Cad Bane. And he asks Din, is Cad Bane out there still? Mm -hmm. And it's a perfect moment for Din, who has always operated as the audience insert to go, What's the deal there? Mm -hmm. Perfectly logical question to ask yeah. you know, a new person, a new enemy who's just shown up, ask the person who has beef with him what's going on. And then Boba could have very easily and not like ham-fistedly or like taking away from the moment been like, he was raising me a little bit when I was a kid. He taught me some ways about the bounty hunter. We had a fallout. Like there's some history there. He could even say like Fennec Shands even had a run in with him because I'm sure they mm -hmm. talked about their their common enemies and it would have felt really natural. It mm -hmm. would have given audience members who have no clue who Cad Bane is like a really quick uh, like primer on who he is, his history with Boba Fett. And then it would have really solidified his death scene as meaning something for the casual viewer. And like uh, I've been on two podcasts where people have no concept who who Cad Bane is because they've never watched Clone Wars. And I don't fault that for that seven seasons. Like everybody's not into animation. You can't assume yeah. that everybody is going to consume every single mm -hmm. piece of media. Mm -hmm. You have to kind of approach it every single time. Like this person knows nothing. I need to give them enough without giving too much. Mm -hmm. And they just missed it. And it's, it's frustrating because like Favreau, Arzu, you and I have talked about this before. Yeah. He's very much like he starts at plot point plot a and then jumps to point plot c and completely misses the b mm -hmm. plot and that's the plot that a lot of casual audience members have to rely upon he just assumes you're following along and mm -hmm. it's i mean it, it's great for fan fiction because it gives a lot give us like a lot of room <laughs> to like play around with the stuff that's not said that but it, like, it, it yeah. lessens the impact for people who aren't hardcore star wars fans who are intimately aware of episodes that never actually were finished so this this kind of brings about my larger point about Cad Bane, and I think this last thing we'll we'll say about episode six is, you know, we've all seen the Clone Wars, we are all vaguely familiar with who Cad Bane is, and even if if like Ren, like you haven't seen the animatic, I haven't seen any of the animatic, I've seen like a picture, you are aware loosely from the Clone Wars that like they kind of run in the same circles, and it's mm -hmm. reasonable to assume they don't get along, but. For that casual fan, like I watched the show with my parents, for my parents who have no concept of who Cad Bane is, but maybe don't have somebody like me to explain it to them. Like, do you think this was an effective introduction of of a, a big deal character? Because he's like a big deal in the animation. So do you think this was an I effective feel, way to introduce Cad Bane? I feel like if I'm putting everything I know about Clone Wars out of my brain, I would say yes, when he uh had the standoff with Cobb but like no with Boba because again what like if I'm thinking about Clone Wars again we I only know from when Boba was younger but I don't know what happened in between then with them mm -hmm. two and if that animatic was of an older Boba then I wouldn't know that because I've never seen it before. So it's like well what happened for this to be a thing where now there's this standoff. I don't know. Um, I would say his introduction to the show, yes, perfectly fine. Because I think from that alone, you can understand that he's just really good at what he does. Um, 
and is someone to be feared, but I don't think I would have taken like Boba taking him out so easily as like yeah. <laughs> I know I was completely satisfied, but that is very much coming from someone who has seen every episode of Clone Wars multiple times, who has seen all those unfinished episodes and who has read all of the books that have Boba and, and his recanting of his life with the bounty hunters. And and I can definitely feel like it was very much like Maggie said, it, even just a couple of lines there in the sanctuary, I was waiting for that conversation to happen. And that would have had such an impact on how the, the final showdown between Boba and Cad Bane. Um, that said, I was really satisfied with it. And for, for the most part amongst kind of similar minded friends, I've seen a lot of people be really satisfied with it, but I definitely think about the casual viewer and the people that have asked me who so-and-so was or what the deal with that was because they know I'm casually obsessed with Cad Bane. Um, <laughs> like, you know, that's, that's one of those things that, that they could have really helped the scene with just a couple of lines. Yeah, I kind of sit in the camp in between uh, Jess and Ren. So my parents were watching the show as well, and I'm not there with them. So my mom is like me and has seen every episode of The Clone Wars, like understands who Cad Bane is. And like when he showed up, she literally called me and was like, Cad Bane! So we were, we were very excited about that. But my dad has absolutely no idea about anything. And he only recognized Cobb Vanth from Timothy Oliphant's character in Justified. So that's kind of, we're on the two opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to watching these shows. Yeah. And I'm like, and they're the ones texting me going, wait, when does this take place again? Stuff like that. But I know for talking to them and just kind of my own personal opinion I'm kind of I'm more I'm personally more with Jess on the fact that I I felt satisfied with the way that had Bane was introduced like I again I think it sets him up as a really good character and you're like oh hell this guy's got some moves like he's gonna be a real threat to Boba and company even if you had no idea who he was and then again I think we there was just such a missed opportunity to do what we've seen in previous episodes with like just small little flashbacks, like just of like maybe a flashback to like a young Boba looking up at Cad Bane and him saying something about like, do what you have to do to survive stuff mm -hmm. like that. Like, again, yeah, just, just something <laughs> there that I think could have just made it more impactful. Like I, as again, as someone who has seen Clone Wars, seen that lost episode, that conversation between Boba and Cad Bane meant something to me because I knew that it, like there was a history there behind those words. But to somebody else, I I just and I say somebody else very lightly, uh, but just uh, the cat, the casual viewer, quote unquote. I think it would have been just absolutely confusing English of like, is is this supposed to mean something to me? If you haven't seen it, so again, just some just some missed ball opportunities. Miss opportunity, yeah. All right. So, any last thoughts about episode six before we move on? Um, I thought Grogu sleeping on the rock was a big mood, and oh. <laughs> like he just like flopped over. I was like, yeah, same, same. My <laughs> song. Um, and I can I. 
I, again, with like a Grogu thing, I just, I really appreciate the fact that they continue to give him the mannerisms of like an, a human child, like a human toddler. It's so cute that they just like give him, does, like, I, I've does been the around. Thing. Yeah, like, I, yeah, like when you're around kids and you're like, kids do do that. Like when he pulled the the little thing out and it landed in the water and he like pointed at it, like, look, like I did it. And you're like, yeah, kids Aww. do that. It's so cute. I just, I don't know. I, I I love seeing I love seeing him again, even though like a lot of people probably didn't. But it's like he's he's just like adorable, Stop. guys. He's so Stop. cute, <laughs> absolutely adorable. Yeah, Ren, you you hit it on the head. Like that's why I think he's so endearing is because he has all those like like realistic human, mm -hmm. um, just like yeah, the uppy thing. Every time he does yeah. that, I'm like, <laughs> I know that is just so like you know, that's such a kid thing to do like i'm i'm tired pick me up yeah <laughs> you know exactly <laughs> yeah when he reached out for his father when he was gone oh he realized he was there <sighs> every kid watching their parent drive away from kindergarten afraid you'd never get picked up oh my god i, I wasn't <laughs> that kid according to my mother i was like okay bye and walked into the class but yeah oh my god Same. me at summer camp Girl Scout summer camp. I was like, y'all are banning me here in the forest. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to Hansel and Gretel myself out of this. Like, pick me up. Oh. That pay phone. Those quarters and dimes got used. I forget what it was back then. <laughs> All right. So, episode seven, in the name of oh. honors. We've kind of touched on this episode a little bit. But the whole thing unlike the previous two, it's set on Tatooine. And the whole thing involves Boba Fett. Again, unlike the previous two. So that was an interesting yeah, shocked. change. Um, shocked. Shocking. Holla. The man got to speak. He had character moments. It was a whole thing. And I was like, what yes. show am I watching? So. Okay. So war has come to Tatooine. They I know. We didn't mention. We did not talk about the fact that in episode six, the sanctuary gets completely yeah. bombed out. Which I guess oh my is more God. this episode than that one. But R.I.P. to the goat. Like, whip. I um, She has to be in Kenobi to make her, like, Yes. Matter. I would love that. I would love like, that, too. I thought it was very interesting that they showed her with that scar on her neck for the first time. Like, there's a story that's like Chekhov's scar. We got to know mm. where it came from, you know? And Jennifer Beale in interviews is like, I didn't know what I was filming. And I was like, hmm. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. My initial thought when I remembered that quote was that maybe she thought she was filming Mando, but then she doesn't actually interact with Din Djarin at all. Nope. Mm -mm. So why would she think that? So exactly. Yeah. Here's hoping. Yeah. I like that. I want to see her pop up in Kenobi because honestly, she was great. I like She was so yeah. good. Ugh. Felt like there's more to her. RIP the hot Twi'leks. I was so mad. All of them. <laughs> it's like wasted potential. Uh, yes. <laughs> hey, this hey, like... the major domo is still kicking around and Pelimoto <laughs> I mean, well, that's, yeah, yeah. He's hot. Not to, to me, to not Pelly. to me, but like. Yeah. <laughs> he has that Mr. Pelly. Collins energy. He has what? The he Mr. Has Mr. Collins, Collins energy. Oh, yes, he, Mr. Collins energy, where you're not does. sure to like laugh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, like, it's potatoes. 
<laughs> I love that. Okay, I like him more now. All right. <laughs> but we wouldn't go so far as to call Mr. Collins hot. No, 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 no. Now there's he's more charming now to me now that I have that like the link. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Sounds good. <sighs> when we kick okay. off episode seven. I feel like I literally just watched this and I feel like I watched it a million years ago. So we kick off episode seven in the burned out building and now they're kind of figuring, okay, we cannot put war off any longer. And remind me if I missed something, but the first person to come see them at the sanctuary is Cad Bane. The first time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't know something crucial. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they so, go to see them. Because it's Fennec and yeah. Din that are backing them up, right? Or is it yeah. just Fennec? No, yeah. it's, it's both no. of them. Both of them okay. are there. That's what I was trying to Yeah, they, the, the only big thing that happens that, that I jumped was that Din okay. tells Boba that Cobb and his people are coming. And Boba's like, cool, we got this. Then Cad Bane shows up. And I, I love like, how we don't Din, got this. I love how Din is like, yeah, the people of Freetown are totally coming. He's like, <laughs> yeah. just like 100% sure. I just. This is a man who asked if there was a bench right in front of him. Oh, my like, my, my he's, he's got the confidence where it counts, but not always the intelligence necessary. For more information, please listen to our Geeky Waffle episode about himbos. Yes. Did features heavily. They're basically <laughs> football players. They've taken way too many hits to the head in their best car. They think that they are like unbreakable, but they're mm-hmm. just a little slow now. Yep. <laughs> I would like to back that point up by saying he was homeschooled. That He's all right. Boba tells Din, "Are to go any back homeschoolers to okay?" Uh, Maggie, from the ones I know, no. <laughs> I was going to say something, but it'll be bleeped out, so I'm going to <laughs> <laughs> save it for after. Okay, waffles after dark. No, but okay. Boba tells Din to go back to Freetown and confirm that they're coming. He's like, "Yeah, go tell them it's fine and come." I'm like, that needed confirmation. But three very sketchy crime bosses telling you, yeah, it's fine. We're not going to stab you in the back. And you're just taking them at their word. Again. (laughs) Mandalorian himboism. I don't care how far Boba has to remove himself from that situation. It's like, some things just don't go away. This is a bad idea. Something I think they view things through the loyalty that they give others. And when they give Mm -hmm. people their word and their level of loyalty, they. Yeah, it's very much that cultural understanding between. If it was like Din, I would get it because Din kind of has always operated under that assumption. But like Boba has lived a very rough life. And I'm like, I don't know what which I think I've said this on this show before, but I'm like, I don't know which part of your life led you to believe that three crime bosses being like, sure, we won't get involved actually means they're not going to get involved. Like I'm not, I'm not sure what it's the Mandalorian himbo thing. Yeah, the, the only thing. explanation. Or he's just like, thinking that Jabba and others have treated them so poorly that they're hoping that you know. I don't know what he's thinking. It was a bad move. He, it was. I mean, we. I think optimist. I think we called it on here too that that was like totally not going to stick. Yeah. Boba is just. He's just really optimistic and it's very strange for a man of his uh history and 
maturity to just blindly assume that everyone's just gonna like be truthful to your face and not have a knife ready to like shank you in your right between your you know weakest parts of your best car it's just very odd um back to tank didn't fix everything and the stars on the inside that's what finnick was talking about she's like Finnick Shan was right about everything. Yes. Yes, she was. Yes, she was. Speaking of, there is a great Fennec Boba moment in this episode that oh my God. I honestly have not stopped thinking about. And it's when he's facing off with Cad Bane, who is trying to get under his skin. And Boba's just like about um, the reveal that it was, in fact, the Pike Syndicate that killed... Um, the Tuscan family, Boba's Tuscan Twist. family, and not... We're so shocked. We're all sh- deeply shocked, shocked that it wasn't Very a shocked. bike gang. Um, but Cad kind of throwing this in his face and Boba being ready to react very emotionally, very angrily, and Fennec kind of talking him down. And I absolutely love this about them. Not just because y'all know I ship it, but just because it was such a, like, growth moment for both of them, I think, because... Fennec's instinct all season has been let me do a murder and right as Boba's like what if I did a murder she's like no let's like let's do this properly you're being emotional dial it back and then Boba kind of taking that seriously and taking that under advisement he didn't argue with her at all he listened to his wife he didn't and argue I feel with like her Fennec was like no you're gonna die if you do this and that that kind of ruins my plans for a lot exactly. of Exactly. Like, she's mm-hmm. willing to do a murder, risking herself, but she doesn't want to risk him. Yeah. Which I yeah like. And she read it immediately. Like, he was just moving his hand and, Boba, you're being emotional. Like, immediately. Yeah. Was- and it's just from her vantage point, she can't even see what he did. But yeah. but she can, she can tell he got under his skin. And I just, I liked... I think it's a credit to their performance of how much emotion comes through when between the two of them, the only facial features you can see are Ming-Na Wen's eyes. Mm-hmm. You can't see anything else. And I think that's, that is a big testament to the performance that the two of them put in. Great. Yeah. There's a lot of things just in the in-between lines and stuff that really works. Or we're just looking into that so much. Cause this is the book of Bonnick. <laughs> <laughs> But it is like this episode, like we're not even going to move chronologically really because it's so action heavy that I feel Mm -hmm. like it just makes sense to talk about in set pieces. But this is such an action heavy episode that this is like one of those sit down and talk about it moments, even though it was very, very short. Mm -hmm. That was like one of my, that was one of my complaints, I guess, about the episode was that it was so long and most of it was just the fighting and I'm like I get it this is what we've been building up to but I feel like there could be more of these like little moments of like other characters um because the ending felt so rushed to me but that's just me I just felt like it just like ended so abruptly and I was like that's it (laughs) like we just watched all this and then that's it (laughs) but I I, and I'm not someone that likes a lot of... And maybe that's just me because I don't really like a lot of action. Like, I don't watch action movies. So, like, that sort of thing isn't my jam. But I was like, an hour of TV and it's so much fighting. But where's everything else? I want to see other things. But it's fine. <laughs> For me, I, I like how much they mix kind of those little moments mm-hmm. into the fighting. Like, there was just these slight reprieves here and there with 
little bits that either told you a little bit more about the character or or all the stuff once Pelly showed up with Grogu. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know? we got that emotional moment. Those. Yeah. With Den um, and seeing Grogu again. You got your in shirt. the middle of the action. Like you're yeah, saying, Jessica, absolutely. it's right and yeah, in the middle I mean, of it. Yeah. Even before that, when Pet when the uh, you got the shirt. He's <laughs> <laughs> such an idiot. I love that. I know. But just let me tell that on most Eisley, when the X Wing arrived for a minute, I said, No, please not. Not Luke. <laughs> I had that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I oh had the God. same thought, Norhal. I was like, Oh my God, I can't do this again. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want Luke like showing up and being like, Hey, Boba. <laughs> okay. But <laughs> Luke, but I did want that Luke did say in A New Hope that he was never coming back. And I know he went back in Return of the oh, Jedi, yeah. but he didn't have a choice. He had a choice this time. He's like, R2, you go ahead. He liked a baby. He sent the baby ship. Baby he hates the galaxy. so much. R2 he sent is the like, baby hands down the worst babysitter. And he was hungry. I mean, I get, kudos to Peli for being the only one like, caring yeah. about feeding Grogu. Yeah, she <laughs> said it. Baby's got to eat. And baby's got to eat, you know? Like, oh. Luke probably didn't let him have seconds. Poor Grogu. <laughs> that would be creating frogs. attachments to food. food. To frogs. <laughs> to frogs. <laughs> so, <sighs> I did, I thought that was a really sweet break. Like, Grogu coming on his own, seeing Peli again. Mm -hmm. That then fed into Peli bringing Grogu to town in the middle of a war. Yeah, and, just and she's just like, you were like she's like, look, a baby, and I'm like, baby. <laughs> oh my god! You didn't so notice good. everyone was hiding out in their like homes and like running. And Pelly chaos. Pelly does not have have a Holonet su subscription in her office. She just had no idea what was going on in Mos Espa, and she just she was just up. like, this is an average Thursday in Mos Espa. There's always like some battle yeah. droids and some always fireworks. Yeah, yeah, there's there's always doing crime. There's a crime that happened, <laughs> which I guess is fortunate that the baby she's delivering is Grogu because Grogu was not phased at all. Mm -mm. Oh no, he was having a great time. He was just oh, happy to see his dad again. And oh my god, okay, I know it's not supposed to be about. Den and Grogu, but it was just so freaking sweet. He kept trying to touch his helmet, yeah, to like see his daddy's <laughs> face, and I was like, my heart. And I'm like, he's not <laughs> under there, dude. He's not even there. Nope. <laughs> Surprise! I, Pedro's busy. <laughs> I think I said this like maybe, maybe it's somebody, maybe not. But for a second, when he reached for the helmet, I thought they were gonna Frankenstein Pedro's face onto the body oh, double. No, oh, no. like. Like a cursed digital Pedro. I thought this was going to happen and then they didn't go there, thankfully. But I'm glad, yeah. They're like, we have done Luke Skywalker. We can do anything. That's the thing. That's what, <laughs> That's what I'm afraid of. of. Oh, yeah. I will. I think a part of me will always be afraid of that now in Star Wars. Like, mm. like no, age I'm or actually, absence is not a barrier. I never actually thought about it until now, but I really would have loved to see Fennec and Boba with Grogu. Oh, like we haven't yeah. seen them together ever. They're good godparents. In like yeah, like they spend all that time helping Den get him back. Yeah, and then he just hands them off to Luke Skywalker. Boba's probably like, "What? <laughs> you handed him to who? Was that an X-wing I saw?" 
But it would have been super cute because I feel like Boba would know how to pick Grogu up and Fennec would like hold him by the ankle and be like, I don't know what this is. (laughs) (laughs) What do I do with this thing? Yeah, I can just see like Boba putting him like on his shoulders and giving him like little rides, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, kind of running the rancor. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, at least Boba's pet seems to be okay with him. The how to train your By the way, (gasps) I saw that claw and I was like, yes! It's happening. I like completely lost my marbles at that moment because, like, yep. I knew it was gonna happen. Like, both yeah. it was gonna show up on Rancor. Didn't make it. Didn't mean that it wasn't any less cool than it actually it was. was. So epic. It was I'm like, awesome. yes, <laughs> this is something I didn't know I needed until I saw it. Which that's a baby Rancor. Oh my god, it's gosh. huge. It's yeah. enormous. He's a big boy. He's just He's a big boy. Enormous. Wow. Okay, so this is my dumbass moment was because it's so big. And I'm like, well, that was a baby rancor that he had. So when I saw how big the hand was, a part of me thought he went out to the desert and got that, like, eight-armed thing. Me with, like, too, for a second. I it oh, too. my God. Whatever oh. that thing was from the first episode. I thought he yeah. went and got one of those. Same. Because, yeah. Oh. I thought it was so random. And then I saw it was rancor. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. I was a little disappointed that Finnick wasn't in, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. Of it, I understand mm-hmm. she had to go do her assassin thing, and she had a mission. Of yeah, her own. they they sent her away basically. Yeah, yeah, but she she did her assassinating good. Yes, I was. She if was- you had to send Fennec away, then I'm glad she got big plot pieces. She did like she might not have been there, but she did take out the entire senior leadership, which can make mm-hmm. them the whole time. She did a and- murder finally. She did. She yeah. saved yes. them all. She multiple murders. Several. Yeah. Multiple. yeah. She saved yes. the mods and saving the save mods. The, save yeah. the children. And... I did. I did like that part of the episode where like each of the different like factions, I guess, like rebelling. So like you had them all split up, and then you had you know they were all getting attacked individually. Also, R.I.P. to the thick thigh daddies. Oh, <laughs> oh, <no>. Rip. <laughs> Maybe maybe they were so sick that they just bounced on they the bounced, bottom and they're yeah. fine. They just didn't realize this is too high risk a job, and they like went somewhere a little more low key. Yeah, well, because yeah. when I saw you know, when I saw them, uh, Black Chrysanthemum came back. I was like, "There's hope," but then they didn't come back, and I was like, "Damn it!" Uh, okay, but maybe this is just me. But you know, like the mods get overrun by the Aqualish, and Black Chrysanthemum is handling all the Trandoshans on his own. Did anybody else think it was hilarious? how few Clatoonians there were. Like, I know it was only mm. two guards, but there were, like, five Clatoonians. Yeah. At most. No, and I just... It's neither here nor there. I just thought it was very funny that, <laughs> that was as this is as a whole faction get... and there's, like, five of them. That was, you know, COVID compliance for the day. They could only get five people. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Honestly, probably it. But like... Can I just say a thing about the Fennec, the way that the Fennec story played out? I really enjoyed the fact that I think I talked about it on here. I know I've talked about it to Candace and Arzu and Norhal. But, like, there were a lot of people I know who were convinced that Fennec was going to be a turncoat. And I was oh, God. so amused by the fact that she vanishes for, like, a better part of the episode. And, like, I wondered, I just wish I could have been a fly in the wall of the men that were, like, convinced she was going to be bad. If they were all sitting there like, oh, it's going to be revealed that she was working with them all along. She's and I'm like, man. actually, no, she's showing up to kill everybody. The thing that she should have done in the first episode. Yeah. Yes, Boba Fett had just listened to her mm-hmm. and then we wouldn't have had the last six episodes. But yeah, that's yeah. neither here nor there. I actually like really enjoyed the way that Fennec's story played out there. Like, I wish she could have been more involved. 
but also I just love like the the idea that it was basically a woman being like, you know what, I'm just gonna do this on my own because the men mm-hmm. aren't shiitake mushrooms and <laughs> yeah i just wanted more yeah. i liked what she did i just wish she was on screen yeah more. i wish yeah. that they had well that's like again not to like rag on john favreau but like he's really hard he has like really good ideas but he's really bad at actually like employing them and i think that like there was some really good bones for the way that they built out this story but there could have been a lot more finnick in the front end that would yeah. then balance out her absence in the middle because yeah. like it works really well like the narrative structure is very compelling but it's just how it's done that is a little uh, awkward love mm-hmm. the moment where she saved the mods and they're like thank you and she's like oh manners i'm like you're such a mom now it was like, those so are okay. such a mom moment with their adopted children yeah yeah i i will say i had my faith in John Favreau was waning as the season went on. Not that I had much to begin with, but it was decreasing. So when she disappeared for 20 minutes, I'm like, if he chooses this moment to make her turn traitor, y'all will hear my rage. Like, not even here. It would have been audible wherever you are, just to the naked ear. I have never been happier to be wrong. Uh, my instinct was right from the beginning i shouldn't have doubted but i for a hot minute thought he was going to do it and i'm like i i would have been so pissed that's fine but thankfully thankfully this was one uh instinct he did not lose confidence in i just decided to keep it yes all right final thoughts on fennec because i guess that was it for her this episode that was awesome how she went through the senior leadership of the pikes so quickly we also have the moment at the end with Fennec and Boba. Oh, like right. The best. Yes. Don't, that's don't what, right. write her I out of the story already. No, no, like that's it for like, her. But like I wanted to talk about the last scene on it. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, okay. I was like, girl. No, no, the last scene is doing? like a whole separate bullet point. Okay. Because <laughs> I really liked the last scene. Actually, we could just jump right to the last scene unless anybody has anything they want to add about. Well, just uh, to mention Dan and Boba fighting together like Mandalorians. Like, well, I, I think this thought would be good for waffles after dark, but like a good Mandalorian sandwich. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying I have read enough of AO3 to know that they work well together in certain situations. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed having confirmation. If you fight well together, you <laughs> well together. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, bu- Maggie's beeping herself out. I, I beeped myself. I'm really proud. I'm really proud. <laughs> Sorry, that was that was just a subtle thing right there when they Candace, so like Hannah, who can't filter herself. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Two it's minutes okay. in, Hannah. Two I'm minutes in. <laughs> but now Maggie's got a point. So does Norhal. I'm not going to debate that one. It's the day before Valentine's Day. Just let it. Hey, yeah. It's going to be Valentine's Day in half an hour, and then we can get as depraved as we want about these two. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> oh, God, that was so scary. That was an evil laughter. It was the grin that did it, too. <laughs> I'm, I'm running on so little sleep right now. Midnight might be the witching hour for me. <laughs> All right, so. Last thing I want to mention before we move into that final scene, collection of scenes, is Pelimoto and the Majordomo is are just such a cute little little dynamic that I didn't quite know what to do with, but yes. 
when they're You're holding grogu got a little, yeah a nice like, little family portrait right there no like the awkward family portrait where yeah. everyone's wearing matching sweaters like that was, that was the vibe i got <laughs> no but if anybody's coordinating those sweaters it's the major domo like he's got them picked out he knows exactly which sweaters he wants and everybody's gonna wear them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i thought it was interesting that the um pikes were like saying head tails as a like Is like lore? a slur yeah. But then um, Pelly's like, oh, nice head tails, you know, like mm. as a compliment. And he's like, oh, it's she said head tails. They called him tail head. Tail. Oh, thank tail you. Oh, thank you. True. I'm sorry. Oh. I said a slur. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. You did it. <laughs> you made you softened it. I'm like, now let me say it like a Twilight slur real quick. <clears throat> yeah, can't can't like I'm sorry. Five, Harris and Jula four, is calling me right now. Hashtag ours. It was over party. Okay. So. Anyway, no, your well, Candace, your love of Hera would never let you accidentally say stuff like that. So I love her so much. It just overrides it. Yeah, and also, well, just if we're jumping to the finale, <laughs> the, to the, the the last scene is uh, when Boba defeats Bane with his gaffy stick. Oh my God, he looks so hot. I'm sorry. Okay, <sighs> it is wild to me. I mean, yes, Norhal. Absolutely. But it is wild to me that we were told the trailer was like, oh, it's just the first episode. And we're like, I guess not. It's the first four episodes. Yeah. We saw Boba stabbing Cad Bane in the trailer. We just didn't see that it was Cad Bane. Mm. Oh, oh, we did, didn't we? Yeah. But I completely oh, forgot upwards. about that shot until I saw it in the finale. And I'm like, oh my God. Mr. Robert Rodriguez, who told us the trailer only had the first episode mm-hmm. in it. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Like, yes. <laughs> I just heard the sounds of like hundreds of clones crying out injustice because (laughs) I was, my brain immediately went back to like Bad Batch where he was like, once you take out one clone, the rest are easy. And I'm like, ha ha, clone killed you. (laughs) Sorry. I was really excited about that. Justice. Perfect. So it's very poetic in my opinion. Probably the last clone. If we're doing, if I'm doing my math right, the math's right. Yeah. Cause it's been, I guess. Mm -hmm. How long? Since five, six years? No, since their creation. It's six years after Return of the Jedi, but that would be. That would be. You had that 10 before Attack of the Clones. 35 years ish. Yeah. Yeah, About 35, Which means they're, you know, 70 years old at best. 70, yeah. But realistically older. Yeah. Okay, can I just give a shout out to the Freetown woman who gave the Wiki called him by his name? Because mm-hmm. in The Mandalorian, they just called him Wiki. I like his species name. It would be like yeah. me calling y'all humans. But he actually got a name in this episode. And I was like, yes, thank you, Freetown I'd, people. I'd like to think that that's them taking constructive criticism because people were pretty open about the fact that like, you can't just go around calling aliens by their species name mm-hmm. very not cool so this is good this is good yeah mm-hmm. i like that all right anything else before we get into the last scene uh i really loved the whole rancor thing like so much uh but my biggest like favorite part of it was 
that Den got to have his Faye Ray moment where like it was straight up out of King Kong. Like he was dangling like the damsel <laughs> in distress. Yeah. <laughs> King Kong I, didn't use him as a teeth Faye Ray as a, a teething ring. ring. Yeah. Yeah, but just the way that the Rancor was holding him was very yes. much like in, in invoking okay. those images of King Kong, especially since up on the tower, like the whole thing. It was very clearly. And I love that it just continues to prove my thesis that Din is very much the damsel in distress. Like so many aspects of his arc have very much neatly fallen into those tropes. And I just love seeing a male character get that story arc rather than a female character, especially since so many of the female characters we have are extremely strong. And yes. if you look at this, this finale, it's a woman and a baby who saved the day basically. Yes. Also, like, I was so laughing. Cool at the way that Din had the dark saber and he's just trying to knock at the shield <laughs> and he just looked like an <laughs> idiot doing that. Oh, yeah. he's our idiot. Mandalorian yeah, ancestors just screaming from yeah. the void. Like, I'm so just funny. like, he's Sabine so... is even like, I don't know him. It's so funny too, she's not he's... even force sensitive. She feels a disturbance. She's like, nope, I don't know what that is. He's <laughs> like, I've made some terrible mistakes in the past. <laughs> he's over here just like wailing at it with the dark saber, and yet like seconds later, he like pontificates some great description of like our our kinetic solid, force. our kinetic yeah. force. And I was like. You can't be selectively intelligent, Dan. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's big words online, smart. and he really wanted to use them. Yeah, <laughs> he's, like, just, he's like, I need to seem smart to, for Boba. I want Boba to like me and think I'm cool. <laughs> there were so many funny. times during that firefight that I was questioning both of their intelligence. I'm like, ah, oh, yes, let's run out into the middle of something where there's clear yeah. cover that you'd be hiding behind. But no, just make yourself open targets, even though you have jetpacks and you could totally do an yeah, aerial attack right now. Okay. Oh, we got to talk about BK. <gasps> Santo, BK. yeah. What, what are we saying about on? BK? Okay, why weren't they shooting when he came by? I understand they don't want to hit him, but I'm like, cover the guy. They like stopped and looked at him. They're like, oh, he's Aww. alive. And he went to put it in cover, Boba, save him. That was I'm, nice. I'm, I'm glad BK was okay. I didn't care in the beginning. Me too. When he was introduced, but, but but I got very attached. So I'm glad mm. he's okay. I love how like Boba's like, you got to take some time on my back to tank. He's just sharing that back to tank with everybody. I, I love it. He's like, <laughs> I think that was, I think that was a, a setup to be a misdirect for the uh, end credits, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't think <laughs> I'm like. First of all, have you seen how large he is? He's not gonna fit in that back to tank. <laughs> He's gonna be like, he's like, stuffed in there. It has to drain too. Like it's gonna clog with all his oh, hair. Yeah. He's gonna be exactly. pulling it out. Like, like oh. It's like, don't lie to me. He can't fit in that thing. <laughs> yeah, I was just... I, I, I remember Boba said that. I'm going, does it extend? Yeah. Is it like those dining room tables where you can, like, add a section to the middle <laughs> and make like it a longer? Leaf, a leaf thing <laughs> that it folds up to the ends. <laughs> I, liked the, um, I liked the part where um, Drash and the... I don't know. Did she have a name? The girl? Yeah, Joe. 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 Okay. 
Joe. I like I liked that they were like she was like that's not gonna work. Sloth weapons. <laughs> Let's go. They're dating now. That's what yeah. 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 I didn't want to say it, but I was like, hey, hey, I see that. I see. I see you. Oh yeah, the whole like sand screer and city rat dynamic. Oh yeah, sign me up. Like where where do I sign the petition? Yeah, that was great. For the record, if anybody ever ships anything, we we're all for it. We love that here. Yeah. You can always bring that here. No, I was like, oh, oh yes, okay. something's going on there. Yeah, kiss now. <laughs> no, you guys no have other things to do. <laughs> and yeah, the droids definitely gave me prequel vibes, which I appreciate. You know, yes, so much, pre- so much prequels, so much prequel love. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I just want to say I really enjoyed the moment when Grogu took a piece off of the droid's leg, and it smacked him, and he went flying. <laughs> It just like squeaked and fell on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you really tried, but okay, buddy. Mm-hmm. All right. So moving into that last scene that kind of wraps everything up with the tidiest bow I've ever seen in Star Wars. I'll take ever. It. I I just didn't quite know what to do. I'm like, this is such a definitive ending, and like it's I'm a happy sure ending. Can- it's a happy ending. It's a definitive ending. Like, I'm sure you can tell more stories with them. Well, yeah. it's like a traditional, well, the entire show, even Mandalorian, but this, and I, I know the terms for it, but I'm totally blanking on it right now, but Boba Fett in general is like a specific genre of Western, and it definitely gave that, like, riding off into the sunset, like, fade, like, fade in sort mm-hmm. of thing. Because um, mm-hmm. that's how most of them, and anyway, like, there's always, like, the conflict, and then it's like, then it's good, and that's it, and they just leave. Um, I personally just wanted just, like, a little bit more, because I was like, they're just talking, walking, waving, thanks for the mail run, fruit thing, bye! <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> like, okay, it. so this is how I read the scene, which I know other people didn't read it the same way, but, like, Finnick and Boba are like, this isn't quite for us, and then, like, Fennec's like, well, who else is gonna do it? And then we see BK and the Mod Squad. Right. And I assumed... That maybe, you know, they're like, maybe we can take some breaks and, like, hand it off to the kids mm-hmm. and go out into the galaxy because we are not very much, like, planet-dwelling people. So I thought it was, like, kind of open-ended in that regard so we can be yeah. like, hey, we're popping up in Mando Season 3. Din, how did you fudge it up? We're here to help, <laughs> you know? Yeah, to, to, see the, to see the godson, to see Grogu. Yeah, or like just to be like, Bo Katan's gonna kill him. He needs some help, um, kind of fight, thing. Fight, fight. Yeah. Like yeah, I feel that. like it's open enough that we'll see them at least in one episode. I think. At least. Yeah. And yeah. Mando season three. Yeah, yeah I, I think. Well, go ahead. No, go ahead. I think it, yeah, it would. I also read it like a possibility that maybe Kaband. Well, the end credits. I'm jumping. Uh, it's not gone. It's not gone for good. So he might feel that leadership void if, mm-hmm. in case they decide to go back to the galaxy yeah. for any reason. Um, but yeah, I mean, it would be, it felt like a definite, but with that kind of open door. Yeah, I just feel like they're very restless people. They would get restless mm-hmm. on Tatooine, just mm-hmm. like 
even if they aren't bounty hunting anymore, they've literally lived on ships their entire lives, like traveling. So I feel like they might get a little restless. Cat. Yeah, restless in that. I don't think that them wanting to stay and make things better is necessarily an indication we're never going to see them again. I definitely think they're going to pop up in Mando season three. Mm. I just and don't I want to see it... Tatooine again for a while. <laughs> Well, yeah. we're seeing it in May when Kenobi comes out. I know, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, we're going to see it so much in May. Oh. And I'm like, I want to see it in season three again. No, I, the I'm other... completely with you there. I just think, like, they are setting up, like, they trust the kids in BK enough that they could leave them for a bit. I just don't think that they'd ever be like, you're in charge now and just not come back. That's okay. where I'm like, I think they, they would come back because I think they've invested enough time they risk their lives like to sort of yeah they're not things. gonna like just be like bye we made this bond okay. with all y'all and you know you're never gonna see promises. us again see us again peace out no i but i do i do think and hope that we see them in mando season three because i'm not quite done with them yet no no Can we talk when, about it, the door oh sorry no go ahead i was just gonna say how cute the last scene with Mando and Grogu. Oh, oh tapping gosh. the glass again, like so a child. Ch children do that. He's like tapping it. He's like no, and just tapping it. And he's like, oh my god. <laughs> it honestly, Daddy. Daddy. Not, not to compare my child, my dog to a child, but when I don't have the window down in the car, he will like tap on it. Yeah, and he'll also just <laughs> to the power, mm -hmm. um, the power sh things that just like keeps tapping at it tapping at it and mm -hmm. i'm like no and he just keeps tapping i end up putting the window down even if it's like 40 degrees outside I think yeah I that was very cute that was so cute and it's like they're I going off into the future of their story mando season three uh, i yes. think overall i like while i really enjoyed the two mando grogu specific episodes i just i kind of am also in the same boat of like we needed just like a little bit more of Boba and Fennec and everything going on there and with the ending for me I just felt like watching that I was like okay now I kind of wish like maybe one of the Mando episodes was gone so that there was like some more yeah. like time yeah. because mm -hmm. it we went from you know the full Mando episode to the last one and it felt like we hadn't seen any of those people in so long that by the end I was like I feel like it wasn't enough I just wanted like maybe one more episode but like between the Mando and um the finale because it's just like I, I was very conflicted because like I like those episodes but now watching this I was like I kind of wish one of them wasn't there and there was just like a little bit more maybe of us getting or to know their... yeah, yeah yeah or another episode of them of like maybe seeing the relationship form between Boba Fennec and, and the mods because it's like we don't really see that all that much and so to just assume that they're comfortable with handing off this entire town to them just didn't make sense to me because it's like well where did that sort of trust and loyalty sort of come from because we didn't really get to see a lot of it in the show so it's just like like I, I like that it kind of ended the way it did, but I'm also just like, just like a little bit more, please. I just want a little bit more of like understanding where this, uh, the conclusion. How'd you get to this conclusion with these people in specific? 
I, yeah, I, I agree. I think my thought after the first Mando episode, so I guess at this point now we can just talk about the whole series. Um, my thought after the first Mando episode was, oh, this is why it's seven episodes, because it's six episodes, really, of the Book of Boba Fett and one episode of Mando setting up his involvement mm-hmm. in the back half of the season. And then when episode six was also essentially an episode of The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. that's, I think, when I started managing my expectations for the ending. Mm. And then, that's fair. like, I, I, I found it satisfying, but I agree with Ren. I think I would have rather had, instead of Luke and Ahsoka, which honestly we could have done later, yeah. Um, yeah. would have rather had that episode. Like maybe the stakes are a little bit lower. It's like a setup to the conflicts with the Pikes where we get to see Boba and Fennec interacting with the mods and interacting with each other a little more and just kind of building MBK. up that. And BK. And BK. building up that, that trust in their little family. Yeah. Before we watch them all risk their lives for mm-hmm. each other. Because that is a huge risk that every yeah. single person in that, in that palace I feel, took. I feel like if you take those two episodes out and you think of all the episodes that are left, it would it doesn't make sense as like a, as a story to go mm-hmm. from uh, what is it? Four? Yes, to, from seven, four to seven. Four to seven. Four to seven. Yeah. So... Uh, I don't know. I just, yeah. Uh, I think I'm, overall the episode, it was like, I just, I'm not happy with it. There are things that I liked, but by that point, I probably should have managed my expectations a little bit better, but I was just like, I was hoping for more, seeing as how we didn't get a lot and, you know, with the I two know, Mando episodes. I know there's a lot of discourse about like, oh, this is the reasons why it's not all, all about Boba, but I feel like it's okay to be disappointed that we yeah. didn't get that much boba in the book of boba fat i think that's a logical reaction when it's like two out of the seven like five out of only five out of the seven you know Mm -hmm. are really focused on him and i honestly feel like yeah we got to know about boba but it was like finnick was advertised as the Mm co-lead and i wanted to know a little bit more about her and yeah, mm-hmm. we get even in the Bad Batch, we don't get to learn much about her. Mm-mm. I just want to know something, you know. I don't feel like I learned anything new about her in this mm-hmm. series. I stupidly assumed that the Bad Batch held off on her backstory because we were going to get it here. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't even want her backstory. I just yeah. wanted a few lines about like, oh, I was, I'm from here. This happened yeah. with the Pikes or something, yeah. you know, anything. or like. Yeah, I know the Pikes from somewhere. And also her interactions with, well, we have some interactions between them, but more like, obviously they have these perceptions. Fennec is more practical. Boba is more like in the optimistic side. And also like, like Ren said, the interactions with the mods, with Santo, with the, like all the different, more time, a little bit more fleshed out on these interactions, a little more glimpse into their motivation and actions because uh, in more backstory for Fennec would have been great as well. Yeah, just a few more quiet moments. Yeah. Just like even, yeah, just one more episode. I think yeah. it would have really strengthened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know personally I had my expectations. I don't want to say low because that makes it sound like a negative, but when they announced the show, they they came right out and told us what we were going to get. They called it Mando season 2.5. They 
told us that they were filming a lot of these things alongside Mando season two. And so I kind of had this expectation in my mind of this is almost going to be pieced together from scraps from Mando season two. And mm. luckily it, it, it exceeded a lot of those for me because there was more care given to the characters and the scenes and things like that than, than I expected it to be hearing that ahead of time of kind of, we filmed too much for season two. So we're going to create book of Boba Fett, which is kind of what I felt like we were getting from the creators when they had announced it. Um, so I think that was always in my mind going into it to not give it too much credit ahead of time for a really fleshed out standalone storyline that they probably never had intended to give it. And that's where my hope for season two will actually truly give it the story and stuff that it deserves versus being that extra bit that they were just like, hey, we had enough and we decided to tack this on and we filmed it at the same time. And our actors didn't even know what they were filming, which like I never really liked that Marvel view of not letting your performers in on what they're participating in. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd love to see a true season two that truly is Boba and Finnick and to carry that with maybe some different writers in the writers room. Yeah. And yeah. That. Um, I, um, I mean, overall, it was about what I expected. Um, I, you know, ultimately wish that we could have gotten more actual Boba Fett and more Fennec Shand um, and maybe a writer's room and maybe a little bit more Robert Rodriguez vibes. Like you have this man being the executive producer and you only really let him go hog wild in the finale. Um, and there's just, there's so much like Robert Rodriguez is one of my favorite directors and one of my favorite creators. Like, uh, if you're looking for Robert Rodriguez, uh, watch from dusk till dawn. It was on the El Rey yes. network. Um, yes. such a solid series and he's so capable. So I really hope that if there is a season two or even just like another spinoff with some of these characters that Robert is actually given the reins to be like the creative force of the scripts and maybe choosing some of his previous uh, collaborators to come on and have a little bit more of different perspectives, different, you know, life experiences to bring a more nuanced story because ultimately we're still just getting a very singular voice in all of these series. And John Favreau, you are a great storyteller, but a terrible writer. Um, and I'm not afraid to say that. I'm not afraid to bash a creator because um, it's true. And um, it's like, I, I think he would be a really fantastic showrunner with a team of very different voices and a writer's room that are given free reign to take his ideas and create really interesting scripts because he has great ideas and I'm never going to fault him for that. I think he like the Mandalorian is definitely like some of the best Star Wars storytelling, but it never goes deeper than surface level. And I'm looking for something a little bit deeper in mm -hmm. Star Wars, uh, you know, for all of the hokiness of the original trilogy, like George Lucas was quite capable. Well, his, his people who helped doctor his scripts, thank you, Carrie Fisher, um, made it go a little bit deeper. Uh, and that's just why having other voices that are allowed to give their opinions and are allowed to change things just makes Star Wars so much better. And so like, ultimately, like it's, it's a solid like B plus as a series. Um, you know, I'm disappointed that I ended up really liking the Mandalorian stuff more than like the Book of Boba Fett stuff, but that's just because that's their 
prize pony and they put all of their betting money on anything to do with him and they forget about everybody else in the process. So like, I don't, I don't, I didn't have a bad time. The last seven weeks was a great time. I've enjoyed talking about it, writing about it, having confabs on Twitter about it. So like, it's been a fun Star Wars story, just not a great Boba Fett story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, it was, it was fun. Enjoyed every Wednesday watching it. And again, it just, it like everybody else, it just needed more meat of the actual title characters. Like I think Tem and Ming-Na Wen did absolute A plus work with what they were given. Like, but it just, it wasn't enough for their characters to really feel more mm, full for lack of a better word. And again, I agree with a lot of what Maggie said, just in terms of just listening, like the voices that are, are that are currently in the room, the voices that need to be in that room and seeing more mm-hmm. of the influence. Cause I was expecting, I was definitely expecting more of Robert Rodriguez than what we got. And mm-hmm. if anybody's seen Dust Till Dawn, I mean, classic spy kids. First of all, I'm just really glad we didn't get thumb thumbs because those things scared the bejesus out of me nah. when I was little. <laughs> so I was like, okay, if all we get is this freaky sand monster, I'm okay with this. <laughs> Don't give me a thumb thumb cause I might pass out from fear. Um, but but it's that wild like zany almost like almost like what Taika brings to like the Marvel mm-hmm. movies like it's that yeah. just kind of yeah. balls to the wall creativity that made something like Thor which I, again I'm kind of going like off on a small tangent I promise I'll get back but it made Thor which is like historically one of the lowest ranked like Marvel movies and like everyone loves Thor Ragnarok like so many people are like this was so different this was so fresh like that's what happens when you let a creator do (laughs) what it is they want within again there are quote-unquote boundaries that Star Wars operates in there are boundaries that Marvel operates in but it's a pretty broad sandbox to play in and I think the reins need to be a little bit looser for these Uh creators to be able to explore all the weird and wild that it could be so again, I, I, I'd give the season a solid like A minus B plus. And mm-hmm. I, I, I want to see more of specifically Tem and Ming-Na just playing these characters just more and going a little bit deeper. So, yeah. So, um, all right, so we're going to wrap it up then. So Candace, can you tell everyone where they can find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Candace is a Geek and all my stuff at thegeekywaffle.com. Uh, Norhal? You can find me on Twitter at Norhal and Instagram at Norhal and Norhal Music. Uh, my YouTube channel is nor-hall. Uh, my Twitter bio, you can find my link through with different contributions. Uh, Maggie? You can find me on Twitter at Maggie of the Town and I have a link tree in my bio to all of my various pursuits both podcasting and writing and as always you can find me on the geeky waffle in my podcast the starbucks lovers a taylor swift podcast which is back for season two yes um you can find me on twitter at jess bees j-e-s-s-b-e-e-e-s and on instagram at outer space outpost which is my shop when uh you can find me on twitter at stitchcraft um the what do I what do I would say <laughs> the A is a B, <laughs> um, and that's the same for Instagram. And then I have a for funsies Twitter, which is just my uh, 
thirst account, which is uh, extra craft. <laughs> and Hannah. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Beskar underscore Kyber 15, as well as followers of the Force podcast. And now I'm officially a contributor at the Geeky Waffle. Yeah. He's on the about page. I'm on on the about page, although it might get taken down after today. (laughs) So sorry. Listen, I... Made Candace bleep out the phrase "monster effer" no less than five times on a movie on an episode about a Mickey Mouse Christmas special. So <laughs> I, need to, I feel like I need to listen to this one okay. now. For context, I have a lot of questions. For context, it was a House of Mouse episode, which for those who don't know, it's not helping. Like all of the Disney characters come to this like yeah. show that Mickey owns. Put it and on Disney Plus, you cowards. <laughs> Bella and the Beast were there. Beast yeah. was still a beast, and she was talking about kissing under the mistletoe, and she seemed super into it. And I'm like, that's because Belle knows what she wants. So I said this certain phrase at least five times, and Candace had to bleep it out every single time. <laughs> I just finished editing our Stitch episode, which is out this week. Oh, yeah. And Arzy scared Brie, like, to the point where Brie was silent. Because oh. Arzy was like, this one alien in Lilo and Stitch. She was like, can't get it. it look. Captain Gantu is like ten feet tall and thick. <laughs> so I just Oh my goodness. Okay, I'm exposing myself. I feel like Brie doesn't know Arzu as like well, well they don't know Arzu as well as I do. So like I'm not surprised, but like <laughs> we're not phased at all. Brie was like Do I was like I thought Brie was gonna like call me or text me, but like, do we need to talk about her? I haven't got that call yet, Arzu, so you're good for now. It's a scary looking shark man. Like, of course, Arzu's going to go for that. Look at her taste in Star Wars. Hi. She said Redemption Arc. I said Redemption Arc for Captain (laughs) Yan, too. Anyway, (laughs) wrapping this up. If you want to find me and my disturbing opinions, you can find me on Twitter at Arzu Amin, and that's also where you can get your Space Waffles updates. As a network, we are collectively on Twitter at geeky underscore waffle. We are on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at the geeky waffle. And we're also at the geekywaffle.com. And that's where we have all of our reviews, recaps, and um, blog posts from contributors like Hannah. So um, thank you all so much for listening. This has been an absolute blast. And may the waffles be with you. <laughs>